tails, not the kind that wiggle tea that you drink, not scribble all together in a cottage she calls day. Tails and tea with Nanny B. Why, hello there, and welcome to my cottage. We have tails, ooh, tails everywhere today. I'm surrounded by the kind that wiggle. The school gerbils have come to stay with me over the holidays, with tails as long as their bodies. And, of course, my neighbor Jules will be bringing the story kind any minute now. Oh, I wonder who that is. Hi, Nanny Bee. It's me, Jules, from next door. What a coincidence. I was just telling our listening friends about tales, the kind that wiggle, and the story kind. <laughs> I'll have to leave the wiggling kind to you, but I have come with a story tale and some peppermint tea to spice things up. Did you happen to sneak a wonder word into it? As a matter of fact, I did. The wonder word of the week is... Skedaddle. The Wonder Word! Skedaddle is when someone runs away in a hurry, just like the gerbils do each time the kittens come in the room. Well, I'd better skedaddle off to pop the kettle on while you tell our listening friends about today's story. Today, we'll hear how three not-so-little pigs outsmart a big bad bully. Are you ready for a story? Yes, please! Okay, then... Three not-so-little pigs. Mama Pig was a very practical woman. She named her piglets after whatever she was doing the day they were born. There was this little piggy went to market, um, this little piggy stayed home, and, of course, this little piggy had roast beef. But they commonly went by Mark, Homer, and Rosie. All three of them had a happy piglethood with lots of cuddles and bedtime stories, but soon they grew to full-sized pigs. Full-sized pigs crammed onto the sofa, full-sized pigs fighting to use the bathroom, full-sized pigs eating like, well, pigs. And as I said, Mama Pig is a practical woman. Don't you want to live somewhere with a bit more room? Don't you want to build a house of your own? Mama said to Rosie one night when they were watching Truffles in the Attic. And Mama was right. I mean, Rosie had finished school and even started a job at the local garden center. Before Rosie could respond, Homer jumped in. He was always trying to shake off that this-little-piggy-stayed-at-home image. I'm as tall as a pig can get. I must be taking up more space than Rosie. Surely I should be the one to build my own house. Mark, although very comfortable living under Mama's roof, could not be outdone by his brother. Wait a minute. You may be as tall as a pig can get, but I'm as wide, and I take up much more room on the sofa, and eat more than you and Rosie put together. Okay, okay, Mama relented. You may all build your own houses. Mark Homer and Rosie were satisfied, as was Mama Pig. So much so, you might even think she planned this all along. The next day came as next days do. Rosie was at her desk planning how to build her house and what her budget would allow. 
Homer skedaddled off to the builder's merchant with the money he'd saved from staying at home so often, and Mark stayed in bed. He said he did his best thinking there. Homer came back with a load of timber. It's good value, they tell me, and will go up very quickly, so I can move in quickly. Rosie was still planning her house when Mark woke up. Hey, what's that pile of timber doing in the drive? He said. I am building my house, and should be done before you even start yours, said Homer, goading his brother. Mark took the bait and skedaddled off to the nearest market. I need something to build a house in a hurry, he said to the first man he met. Ah, said the man looking at Mark with a cheerio stuck to his chin and slippers still on his feet. You look like a discerning fellow. Try some of these bundles of straw. They'll build your house in a hurry, but make sure you... Mark didn't stay to hear the rest. He had a house to get on with. In a flurry, Mark built a house of straw and managed to throw a housewarming party before he even made up his Ikea flat-pack furniture. Rosie went to the party, but only for a little while. She had to get back to planning her house. Homer missed the party altogether, as he was building his own house of wood. Homer's house was a fine-looking specimen, painted blue with white trim and a little mat outside the door that said, Home, sweet Homer. He was in it two full weeks before Rosie even broke ground. Finally, she started her house a brick. And what beautiful bricks they were, handmade from local clay and baked to perfection. <sighs> Altogether, they made a splendid home. When the last brick was put on the tippiest, toppiest of her chimney, an unwanted visitor came to town. They call him Wolf, and he was bad to the bone. Whether he was bad to the bone because no one would talk to him, or no one would talk to him because he was bad to the bone, is hard to tell, but the result was the same. Everywhere he went, mischief was on his mind. This day he'd set his heart on a roast pig dinner, and knew exactly where to get one. So he arrived at Mark's house of straw, knocked on the door, and said, "'Little pig, little pig, let me come in.' To which Mark answered, Not by the hair of my chitty chin chin. <sighs> the one with the cheerio stuck on it. Then Wolf replied, Then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house in. So he huffed and he puffed and he blew the house of straw down. Mark skedaddled to Homer's house of wood. Wolf followed and knocked once again. Little pig, little pig, let me come in. Homer hollered back, Not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in, Wolf said. And then he did. He huffed, and he puffed, and he puffed, and he huffed, and at last he blew the house of wood down. Homer grabbed his personalized doormat and skedaddled next door with Mark to Rosie's house of brick. Oh, hi there, guys. What an unexpected... Oh, Mark interrupted with a pant. Bad. Woof. Coming. Little pig, little pig, let me come in. See? Homer whispered to his sister. Now, 
You say, not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. Oh, okay. Um, not by the hair on my chinny-chin-chin. Are you trying to tell me something? No, no, no. Well, maybe some other time. Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. And with the arrogance of repeated success, Wolf huffed and he puffed, and he puffed and he huffed. But he could not blow that house a brick down. So he took another approach. Little pig, I know where there's a nice field of turnips. Oh, I do like turnips, said Rosie, with Homer and Mark dumbfounded. I mean, how could she fall for that? Just go with me, boys. And where might I find a nice field of turnips? Rosie added. In Mr. Brokenbacker's home field, of course. And if you'll be ready tomorrow morning, I'll call for you and we can go together and get some dinner. I know a little place. Nice ambiance. Consider it booked. What time should I be ready? Uh, let's say six o'clock. I'm in the mood for an early supper. Well, the not-so-little pigs got up at five and got the turnips before the wolf arrived. Give him his due, he was timely, albeit bad to the bone. At six o'clock precisely, he knocked on the house of brick door. Little pig, little pig, are you ready to dine? Rosie replied, Ready? Why, I've been and come back and have a nice potful for dinner. Wolf was not impressed. In fact, he was furious. I will have to up my game, little pig, for Mr. Wolf will have his dinner. <laughs> oh, okay, that's a bit too much, even for me. Wolf left for a couple days so they would forget all about him. Just so you know, they would never forget about a wolf at the door. <laughs> Are you kidding? They were on red alert. One sunny morning, he arrived with a basket of shining apples and left them just a few paces outside Rosie's door. Wolf hid behind the bushes. When they come to get them, I will pounce and all three will be mine. Okay, boys, let's think about this. He may be stronger, hungrier, and angrier, but there's three of us and only one of him. Mark knew just what to do. He was an expert in the field, and all his research would finally pay off. He has to sleep sometime. So Mark skedaddled off to bed. His superpower was that he could sleep any time, and that would fool his enemy. In the middle of the night, Mark was wide awake. From the upstairs window, he used a fishing rod to hook the basket, and very slowly, he reeled it up. Wolf only dropped off to sleep for what he thought was a few minutes, but when he woke, the basket was gone, and another plan foiled. This made Wolf more than furious. He was, he was downright livid and ever so hungry. That's it. No more games, little pigs. I'm coming to get you, Wolf said in the most convincing way. He noticed on the tippiest, toppiest of the house there was a chimney, or, as Wolf chose to think, an open invitation to dinner. 
he started scrabbling up the side of the house to the edge of the chimney, where he smelled the most inviting apple and turnip stew cooking in the fire below. Rosie called up to him. Bigger wolf, bigger wolf, slide down, why don't you? The pot's already ready, boiling for our favorite wolf stew. Wolf could take no more. He skedaddled out of town with his tail between his legs and vowed never to return again. Mark, Homer, and Rosie merrily ate their apple and turnip stew and lived happily ever after. Well, after they built their own houses of brick and moved out of Rosie's. The end. What clever piggies and very handy, I might add. I could use a few of them around my house. Then I'd have more time for writing stories. Between all your building and decorating, do you reckon you'll have some more tales and tea for us next week? Of course. If you head over to our website, you can find all our tales as soon as they're ready. Go to nannybee.com. Go there to find out more, including how you can take part in the show. Go on and leave a message for Nanny Bee, and you might be on the show. This has been a Totally Whole production for nannybee.com.